630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Headline story today, of course, Duncan Keith is now a member of the Edmonton Oilers. Keith will turn 38 on Friday, wanted to come to Western Canada to be closer to his son who lives in Penticton. The Oilers also get forward Tim Soderlund, who is 23 years old, played in Sweden and the AHL last year. He's 5'9", 165. He's a forward, fourth-round pick by the Hawks, 112th overall in 2017. The Oilers give up Caleb Jones and a conditional pick in 2022. It's a third rounder. The Oilers do not have a third rounder this year at the moment. If I mean, they'd have to trade for one. Don't have a second rounder this year either. So it's a third rounder in 2022. It becomes a second rounder if two things happen. Number one, the Oilers have to make the Stanley Cup final next spring. And Duncan Keith has to be in the top four in total ice time among Oilers defensemen. So those are the two conditions that turn it from a three to a two. Uh, I would, again, I think most of you would be fine with that if the Oilers make the Stanley Cup final. So that's the discussion point. There is no salary retained. Uh, I believe that, and Ken Holland has touched on this in his availability as I've been, we've played some clips and following along on uh, Twitter here that uh, if the Oilers weren't going to give up more in terms of players or prospects, the Hawks were not going to retain salary. I think it came down to that. I totally understand some of you don't like that and and may have walked away from the deal at that point. Ken Holland chose not to. He thinks Duncan Keith's a second-pair defenseman, and he thinks he makes the team better. So that's what it boils down to. Al says, Reed, I think half of Duncan Keith is still better than all of Caleb Jones. Plus, he brings a nasty attitude, which is sorely lacking on the Oilers. Well, the the one thing I really agree with is is the nastiness part. The Oilers have lacked that. They've lacked a little bit of gamesmanship, and I think Keith can help with that. To me, it's just how much have Keith's skills dropped off, and is he going to be able to skate and defend against the top guys on other teams? I guess if I were to really narrow it down, that that's how I feel. You can tell me if you feel differently. I, 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 I'm quite interested in this. I, I find this discussion in this trade quite fascinating. I'm obviously far less emotional about it than, than many of you are, uh, but that's how, uh, that's how I look at it. And I, and I do think Duncan Keith, unless he has like a just all world season is going to be overpaid for what he will bring to the team. I guess the question is just by how much. And then if he has a poor season, then we're going to be bemoaning the fact that he's that he's getting that money and, and not doing well. That's what it boils down to for me. That's that's how I look at it. I There are other perspectives for sure, and we've heard from some of them tonight, so I do appreciate that. 780-496-0063. I want to get this in here, just to hear it from Ken Holland. Uh, the Oscar Clefbaum update. The chances of, of Oscar Kleppbaum playing in the National Hockey League in 21-22 are very, very slim. Now, I've known that uh, for a while just because I've been talking to the doctors and he had surgery. We're only three months in. Like, he hasn't done any training for eight months, you know, since probably uh, September or October. Okay, so probably no Kleppbaum in the NHL this season. So there we go. Duncan Keith also spoke late this afternoon and was asked about the characteristics a team needs 
to win the Stanley Cup? Well, it's a it's a tough question. I mean, everybody's looking to win, and there's a lot of good teams in the league. It's 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 easier said than done to to win a Stanley Cup. There's 32 teams in the league. Uh, and everybody's trying to win the Stanley Cup, and everybody's got good players on their team. So, um, you know, whatever little bit of experience I can bring to the team, I'm going to bring that. But, you know, my my work ethic on the ice in games is, is what I'm going to have to bring. And, um, you know, I think as a team, you, you go through a lot of ups and downs in a playoffs, and, and no team uh, wins the Stanley Cup uh, smooth sailing. So I think it's just being able to kind of ride those, those valleys and those ups and downs a little bit more smoothly. And if I can bring that experience to the team, more of a calming presence, then, then, uh, that's what I want to do. But having said that, it's, it's something as a team that you need to go through, uh, in order to kind of understand uh, about what it takes and, and every, every, Every year is a new challenge, and every year is a new, a, a different group of guys. So, I'm uh, I'm excited about this challenge. All right, a little bit there from Duncan Keith. Scott writes in. He says, "I sure hope this doesn't mean Ethan Bear gets the right side on the top pairing. This is a huge hole. I'm more concerned about this than a top six winger." That is from Scott. Well, and that's fair. And this is not. Well, if this is the only off-season move the Oilers make, it's going to be a pretty underwhelming summer. And you and I are going to be talking about canned hams a lot on this show and name the animal. But yeah, I, I mean, of course, we're going to talk about this and uh, and analyze it and maybe overanalyze it. But yeah, I mean, there, there are other moves to be made here. And we it, it's hard to take a look at the team as a whole until we get into the season. And of course, even then, the roster can always be changed. But yeah, other there are other things to worry about. Absolutely, as Scott says. I want to bring Dave Campbell, the producer of this show, on to Inside Sports. Dave, thanks uh, for checking in, buddy. Hope you had a great birthday over the weekend. Yeah, it, it was very good. And uh, as you mentioned on Friday, I turned 32 again. And, uh, you know, <laughs> my my shoulder aches a little bit more this year. I don't know why, but, uh, yeah, 32 looks good on me, I think. You are looking good. You're in prime physical condition. So we'll just, oh, yeah, uh, right. we'll just, we'll just leave it at that. Okay. okay. Well, we, uh, you know, and the one thing I said last week, and I'm not often right, but I will reference this because I kind of said last Tuesday that we can discuss it and we can break it down and the, the mm-hmm. listeners can tell me what they would do. But I said, if you ask me right now, do I think this is going to happen? I said, yes, because this has a Ken Holland maneuver written all over it. Uh, so now it's happened. I have some concerns. There are elements to it. I like, I'm wondering how you, how you think. Well, you know, and uh, you and I were talking about it last week and, I thought the Oilers held all the cards because the Hawks, they want to get rid of a certain, well, a player wants to leave. They want to try and get rid of that player. Um, And I felt the Oilers should just try and give them a decent prospect and maybe a not so decent prospect because that's what's been done to them for so many years. And I'm like, this is great because the Oilers are in the opposite end of this coin. It's it's awesome. Uh, But it just shows you, Reed, Ken Holland really wanted the player. 
badly because it's the type of player that he's used to having and it's someone that he had before in Detroit and Chris Chelios you could you can you can you can uh you know that that that's who I think this is comparable to I'm not saying Duncan Keith is Chris Chelios or vice versa but it's the type of player and at the type of age and the type of uh you know where now that the Oilers aren't the wings at that point but this is where you know this is where I think Ken Holland wants to shift this this group I'm worried about it from the cap standpoint, that's a lot of cap to take on for a 38-year-old. But I do think that there is still enough cap space to maybe go get uh, something on the left side. Thomas Tatar, Thomas Tatar, Thomas Tatar. You know what, how I feel there, obviously. Um, there's, there's still enough, I think, you can get bargain basement deals that you can get the show-me type deals like Tyson Berry. The thing that bothers me a little bit, and I don't know if I'm just, if I'm, I'm reading this wrong, my concern is this: is this at the expense of Adam Larson, and that that's a hard pill for me to swallow. So I don't know what you feel about that. Well, yeah, and we'll see. And I, I you know, I'm just kind of we've played some Holland clips, and I'm following along on Twitter as well. And we'll get you as much audio as we can. David Bowles is kind of cutting stuff on the fly for us. Um, Thank you, David. You know, he said they're still kind of working on Larson, but yeah, I mean, the right side is. You got to keep at least one of Barry and Larson. Maybe Barry yes. is still in play. I mean, Bob has kind of hinted at the fact that Barry might still be in play. So we'll see what happens. Maybe with Larson, it's just not going to be announced until after the expansion draft. So you don't have to mm-hmm. protect him. I want to get this in here, Dave. Uh, David Bowles just threw a clip in there, and it was Daniel Nugent Bowman from The Athletic asked a question, and uh, Ken Holland, I believe, we're going to hear this rather bluntly replied. Angie, it's that new clip. It's in, it's in there. It's 41 seconds long. And so, you know, it seems like Duncan Keith, uh, he really wanted to be in this geographical area, a geographic area rather, to uh, be closer to his son. You know, obviously you seem to really value him as a player and why you acquired him. Uh, but was there a case to be made uh, for potentially trying to put the hammer down a little bit more uh, because you were one of only a, a select couple or few teams to uh, that he was even interested in going to? Well, do you want me to get him for free? <laughs> Not for free. No, I, I just wonder if there was, it was very no, you, odd. You, very... You, wanted a, you wanted a lesser price that you want. You didn't want Caleb Jones. You don't want the draft pick. You want them to retain 50%? Where are you going with which? Which would you like me to do? Okay. Well, you know, Ken's 50% would have been nice. <laughs> yeah. You can, I mean, you can sometimes tell when uh, Ken doesn't uh, agree with an angle of question. He's done it to me a couple of times, but he usually uh, is not that blunt, perhaps, in his retort. So that was, uh, <laughs> that was interesting. Just to say, well, what do you want me to get him to free? I mean, and again, I think that was the crux of the negotiations. Ken Holland said, I'm not giving you Broberg, Bouchard, list off the top half dozen prospects or so. And mm-hmm. uh, then I think Stan Bowman said, well, to heck with it then. I'm not retaining money if I'm getting a draft pick that I don't know who's going to turn out to be. And Caleb Jones, who you guys weren't playing, who's not in the, your top six. So I really think that's, I think that was the compromise by the two GMs. And and I get it from the fans who will say, if I'm Ken Holland, I would have walked away from it. But Ken decided yeah. um, Keith was, I mean, there had to be, like, I, I don't necessarily buy the fact that the Oilers had all the leverage, like all the leverage. I still think you have to, respect the other GM and their leverage was they had the player. So they still have some that control he wanted, of the deal. That I he think. wanted. 
Yeah, he had the right. Player. Their leverage is yeah. Stan right. Bowman had the player Holland wanted. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now Absolutely. again, yeah. To me, it's just. To, to me, it's just how is Duncan Keith going to play? It's not what the Oilers. To me, it's not what the Oilers gave up with Caleb Jones and the conditional pick. To me, it's it's how does Duncan Keith play, and are we going to bemoan the fact? Oh my God, he's making that much money. What could have we used it for if he's not playing well? That to me, that's the whole crux of the deal. It's been a rough couple of seasons in Chicago. Uh, you go back a couple of years ago, Duncan Keith was still a pretty effective player. I know he's two years older, but it's, there's a, been a real shift on that team, especially on the defense core. He was playing with what Ian Mitchell this year, primarily. Uh, I know, you know, everyone plays with everyone usually, but that was primarily, I believe his partner. So we'll see who, who plays with him. I mean, I think there's still a lot of off season left. I'm with you. If this is it, this is pretty underwhelming. I don't think this is going to be it because I just think there's going to be value, uh, value deals for Ken Holland to have, you know, whether I brought up Tatar, is it going to be uh, Alex Kalorn or a Barkley Goodrow? Is there someone else that we're not thinking of? Is there someone on that third line? You know, does, you know, I don't know, but, yeah, I think there's still enough cap space to play with, not Dougie Hamilton. Let's just stop it. Um, that's not happening. So I think there's too many value forwards out there that you could put on the top six, especially on the left side, that I still think Ken Holland could have access to. All right, Dave Campbell joining us tonight on Inside Sports, and we'll continue the Duncan Keith chat, and Troy Murray is going to join us after the 7.30 News from Chicago, covers the Hawks for WGN and uh, former player in the league, and he's from St. Albert. Dave, you're covering the Elks. I've got to talk about them a little bit. They're off and uh, running. What are some storylines you're seeing here as camp's underway? Well, it's just it's just nice to see it, first of all. So let's get that out of the way. You know, I, I think about some of the coaches on the coaching staff that were hired in January 2020. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to highlight no Thorpe. I mean, it's been 19, 20 months of planning and meetings and planning and not seeing on the field what you've planned. Now he finally gets to see it. I think that's pretty good. Um, you know, Trevor Harris just looks like he's been ripped, cut, shredded. Like he looks like mini Hulk. It's it's amazing how fit he's come in and uh, he's looked good so far. I think the tempo has been good. How many times have you and I on air, off air have talked about, man, this secondary could be better. You know, how many times have we said that? Like, it Lost. must be a yeah. thousand. Yep. This secondary, like, here, here are the names. Aaron Grimes. You have Jonathan Rose, Jonathan Mincy, uh, Jermaine Gabriel, Tremaine Washington, 288 games of experience, three Grey Cup championships, a CFL All-Star, four uh, division All-Stars between them. This is a very talented group, and if they can come together, it's just going to make this defense even uh, better. The concern is the linebacking core. You got Fonte Diggs, you have uh, Brian Walker, and in the middle you have a newcomer. So far, his uh, name is Keyshawn Barrera, former draft pick of the Denver Broncos, and spent time in Jacksonville. The front four has been fun to watch. They're doing the Canadian bookends at, at DN so far. Uh, that's Kwaku Botang and Matthew Betts. So it, you know, it's just been fun to see this team the last couple of days on field and kind of start this. So, so far, you know, they're, they're, they're relatively healthy. I would say they had a couple bumps and bruises yesterday. Of course they brought in Thaddeus Coleman yesterday at the tackle spot. Darrell Walker's not yet on the field. He'll be back uh, on Monday. He's going through COVID protocol as is Coleman. So, you know, this is an experienced team and I've said it all along. This is the wild card, the dark horse in the West. And I think they could really do some damage if everything comes together. 
Dave, before I let you go, is there anything more on that story out of Saskatchewan from last week? Four players suffered, was it Achilles tears on the same day? Yeah. Yes. So from what the understanding is, there, the, the, the four players got hurt being involved in a drill or a, a type of workout where now I don't know if there's different weights of medicine balls, but uh, there must be. I would hope so. Uh but what I'm being told is that the drill was, and this is out there, that uh, you just throw the ball up and then you run, to, you go to a spot and you catch the ball. Well, it didn't go so well. So four players dropped because of that one drill. So you would think after your middle linebacker or after a couple do, you know, go down, then you know you uh, you would stop. You know, and I, I don't want to blame so much because I, I don't want to do that, but. It just shows you read. It's hard. You don't know at what level can you push these guys after 20 months of really not doing this type of explosive work. And the Montreal Alouettes had two players too. I don't know what drills they were doing, but they had two players on the same day go down with ruptured Achilles. So I asked Jamie Elizondo yesterday not to react to the, to the players going down, but did those injuries caused you to have a sober second thought about what you were doing. And he says, it's a balancing act. You know, you want to push them and then you want to know when to back off. And for example, there's a day off for this team on the field on Wednesday. Okay. And then there's one on Sunday because it's after the scrimmage. And then there's one, I believe next Thursday. So there's built in days where they're not on the field and there's going to be days where they don't do as much. So it's, it's tough to see. And, you know, so far so good. I mean, we haven't seen very many injuries yet uh, here in Edmonton or across the league, but, you know, it's only day two on field and, you know, the, the, the grind of camp. So hopefully it won't, we're going to see injuries, but hopefully it's not going to be a, a huge amount. Okay. Hey, Dave, thanks for hopping on. I'm glad to have you back covering the Elks. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning, okay? You got it. It's Dave Campbell. This is Inside Sports on Chet. Okay, let's quickly go to Rocket on the open line as Duncan Keith is traded to the Edmonton Oilers. Go ahead, Rocket. Hey, Reed, how are you doing, buddy? Good. Uh, yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's a great trade. Obviously, it makes even more sense uh, now that uh, the GM's gone out and, and discussed Clefbaum's status. Uh, it's a it's a hole that they needed to fill regarding salary and all that. So now that Clefbaum has like a minimal chance of playing. Um, do we get that cap space back for him next year? Well, if they LTIR him, it'll work the same way. And somebody texted in suggesting they should leave him on LTIR all season and then activate him for the playoffs, like Kucherov. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he won't be ready, though, based on what I heard. I It sounds it doesn't sound promising. Like, yeah. So how much then, like, does LTIR cap, like, what is our cap space? And is LTIR part of that cap space already or no? Well, here's the thing. You don't actually put a player on LTIR until you need to go over the cap, right? So they can spend to the cap and then put uh, bomb on LTIR and then you get that relief. You don't, you don't put a guy on LTIR until you're right up against the cap because then it's wasted space, right? Okay, okay. That's, so how, that's it, basically how it works. So what's, uh, what's Clefbaum's salary again? He's four point. Uh, is it four point two? Is that the exact number? Yeah, he's just over four. Okay, so we have like an extra four million to play with. So that's where we get 
Doak and Keith basically is how this is going to work out. Uh, yeah, if they would LTIR him right before the season, and then maybe if you buy out Neil, that could also be considered part of that too. So we that makes sense. Enough, yeah, we would have enough money then to go grab a left winger. Uh, I, I don't think we we should be going for like a bargain basement left winger. I think we need to go for like a legit left scorer if there's one out there. But uh, that's just my opinion. All right. I got to run, Rocket. Thanks for listening, man. Thanks. Okay. More on Duncan Keith with Troy Murray. He covers the Hawks when we get back. Oh, how I love to hear the musical strains of Def Leppard coming back from commercial. Thank you, Angie, for playing that track. Duncan Keith is now an Edmonton Oiler. Caleb Jones, conditional third rounder next year, going the other way. The Oilers also get 23-year-old prospect Tim Soderlund in the deal of course that has been our big discussion point tonight lots of texts coming in this individual says let's see how keith does we need a veteran winner to influence our youngsters and ryan says oh man i thought the peach shirelli days were behind us good grief ryan gets a bonus point for using a charlie brown expression ryan i picture you lying on your back on top of a doghouse like snoopy is that what you're doing right now Anyway, Duncan Keith has won three Stanley Cups, but he says he still has the hunger to win. There's no better feeling than winning a Stanley Cup. Uh, and I've been fortunate to do it before, but I think it just kind of fuels that that fire to do it again. And for me, um, you know, as, as, I, as I get older and my career moves along, I want, I want to be able to compete at the highest level um, and, and win. Um, but also I want to compete and I want to challenge myself to be at my best. Um, and I feel like that's when I'm at my best is when I'm challenged and, and, uh, you know, the Oilers are going to, are going to need, need me to be at my best. And I'm aware of that and I'm looking forward to it. Appreciate that. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. That concludes. Uh, okay. And that is uh, Duncan Keith speaking earlier today over Zoom. We've been playing some of his clips and clips from Ken Holland as well, the general manager of the Edmonton Oilers, who pulled the trigger on this deal along with Stan Bowman. One thing I did not do very much of this past season was watch the Chicago Blackhawks. So let's bring on a guy who watched them extensively and used to play for them as well. Regular season and playoffs combined. Troy Murray played over a thousand games in the NHL. He's now a broadcaster with WGN and a frequent contributor to inside sports. We're always happy to have him, especially when there's a big news day like this. Hey, Troy, you're on with Reed. How are you doing? Uh, good. What happened today? I, I've been busy. Yeah, you're you're out golfing all day. Well, you shot a you shot a seven under, so it was worth it. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, what what a day! And I know the opinions on this trade are all over the map, but I told Mark Spector last week or a couple of days ago, whatever it was, you know, the the, the first thing that. Uh, it's not the last thing that, that Ken Holland needs. It's the first thing that Ken Holland needs to add to his group. And, and I really believe this. I've seen Duncan Keith for 16 years, and you know, the guy's an, a beast. Forget about his age. He's in better shape than 18-year-olds, 25-year-olds, whatever it is. He's always the best-conditioned guy, and, and he's driven. And you, when you hear him say, you know what, I challenge myself to be the best, trust me, he is going to be that guy. And I think when you look at the Edmonton Oilers, 
um, lots of talent. Yes, there's a couple holes that uh, Ken Holland's going to have to fill and, and figure things out. Um, and we all know that you know the valuable commodity in today's game is the salary cap. Uh, it's going to be stagnant for the next couple seasons, and you know that's one of the biggest complaints from the people about Duncan Key. Put that aside. Uh, it's a salary cap, and actually only 3.6 in real money compared to a little bit over 11 in the salary cap, which is which is significant. But what he is going to bring to that lineup is something that I really truly believe. Watching the Oilers this year in the playoffs, watching them last year losing to the Blackhawks. They need a guy like Duncan Keith. That's simple. They need a guy with a pedigree of uh, a Conn Smythe, a couple of Tina Norris trophies, three Stanley Cups. He is going to be great for the Edmonton Oilers. Okay, I'll play devil's advocate a bit here, Troy. And I actually agree with most of what you said, that the Oilers need experience and gamesmanship. Um, but, you know, some of the analytic guys say the, uh, you know, the possession time and the shots against are not once they, what they once were, and perhaps his ability to defend the rush isn't what it once was. So tell us about that sort of hockey side of it. Like, I, I, we know he's not in his prime, but are there areas of his game that have noticeably dropped off or are concerning? Well, I, I think when... Uh, you know, a lot of people have brought up Zdeno Chara. Um, and, and listen, they're different types of players, but at the same time, you're talking about an age group that's there. Chara's a fitness freak as, as well. If you look at Duncan Keith's analytic numbers, he has been seated in the wrong spot the last couple of seasons. And I, I honestly believe that. He, he is not a number one guy that he was years and years and years for the Chicago Blackhawks. He was the go-to guy. Whenever you look down the bench, you wanted to put somebody on the ice, it was Seabrook and Keith. It was Jalmerson and Keith. You know, he was the go-to guy. When you have Darnell Nurse, he is your go-to guy. There's no question about that. Dunk's going to completely understand that. Um, but when you look at some of the numbers, and I'll be just, you know, I'll be blatantly honest. I mean, this Blackhawk team, if you look at their analytic numbers the last couple seasons, two, three seasons, have been abysmal, have been terrible. And that goes from Patrick Kane, other than there's points numbers, some of his numbers. The goaltending this year was great, uh, or the numbers probably would have been worse this year for the Blackhawks. Um, but again, slotted in the wrong spot. Playing maybe some of the matchups that you're not going to see when he's playing behind Darnell Nurse. Now, if, you're, if Darnell Nurse is not on the ice, Duncan Keith is going to be there, and he is going to do a great job. So take the analytics for what they are. Sometimes they, they help with the eye test. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they reveal some things that are a little bit disturbing, you know, getting the puck out. And you mentioned a couple of them as well, puck possession and, and you know, off the rush, defending off the rush, whatever it is. His numbers are going to be completely different. And I, and I really believe that for Duncan Keith, and I, I know how he's wired, um, and, and you're going to get a good taste of what Duncan Keith is all about next year, even when he shows up in training camp. Your rookies, your younger players, your, your Connor McDavid um, and Dreisaitl, they're going to look at Duncan Keith and they're going, wow, I've never seen anything like this. That's how driven this guy is. He's a great team guy and he understands his role and he's not going to overstep that role. It's going to fit in nicely. But when you look at the analytics alone, there is some concern. But in my opinion, when I see what Duncan Keith and how he is driven, and it's been tough for him. It's been very frustrating. There's been, there's been a lot of distractions for him the last couple of seasons with his son, uh, and a lot of this is driven by his son. But at the same time, you know, I think he was a, a, a solid trooper 
Chicago Blackhawk guy and doing what they asked him to do the last couple of seasons, knowing that the results in the end were not going to be there. Now you put a light at the end of the tunnel. tunnel. You give him that belief that, you know what, we've got a chance. And I think Edmonton does have a chance. They're missing a few pieces, and uh, but they're, they're right there. They've got two of the best players in, in the game up front, and then they've got a good guy like Darnell Nurse on the back end to be your number one guy. I think for Duncan Keith, this is going to just be a, an opportunity for him to reset in his mind. He's going to be happy going into Edmonton. And a lot of times when you guys know it, I'm from St. Albert, you know, I mean, you guys know it, that it's tough to get players to come into Edmonton and be excited about it. A lot of times you have to overpay extra years, whatever it is, says I'm not going to go there. Duncan Keith wants to go to Edmonton. Uh, that was one of his teams of choice. And obviously it had a lot to do with his son Colton, but at the same time, he is going to be refreshed in his mind. He's going to be ready to go, and he's going to see that light at the end of the tunnel. And when that belief is there for Duncan Keith, he's amazing. Troy Murray from WGN Chicago joining us tonight as we uh, go over Duncan Keith, who's coming to the Edmonton Oilers. Troy, that was that was a great answer, very thorough and very honest. You mentioned Duncan Keith's drive, and that's something he's known for, his intensity, his willingness to to do whatever it takes and be a little you know even chippy if needed and and, and again i do think the orders need that uh you know i know there's always a, a a bit of a line between the the players and the broadcasters but you've known them a long time where does that drive come from for, with duncan keith like i mean i know some people maybe are just naturally more ambitious or willing to to do whatever it takes but i mean what what sort of makes him tick if you can go into that a bit well yeah no that's a good question um and and like duncan keith was not a silver spooner uh nothing was given to him he played at michigan state didn't like it didn't work out for him uh, left there went back to juniors uh started in the minors nothing was given to him you know just wasn't one of these guys that walks in and demands the, the high money as a first round draft pick and he said everything's going to be great because this is what everybody's promised me which drives me nuts the entitlement of these younger players. Duncan Keith had none of that. He understood what he needed to do to play in the NHL, and he's taken it from the starting level to where it is now. This guy, this was several years ago, when Lance Armstrong was considered the the best VO2 guy in the world as far as his lung capacity, Duncan Keith's numbers testing were better um, than Lance Armstrong, and it, it was off the charts. You guys will see Duncan Keith come next year. And and at 38 years of age, he's ripped. He's so dedicated to his training. Um, His nutrition is off the charts. I mean, he doesn't vary. He's just very strict in what he eats, how he eats, how he sleeps. Um, He's really gone to the top edge of being a professional athlete and doing everything that he can do, wearing special lens glasses at night to you know, something to do with it calms the mind. I, I don't even understand. Listen, when I played, it was the beer and teacher league, right? So I don't understand <laughs> a lot of the stuff that, that he's doing, but that's where it comes from. Nothing was given to him. And, and he was just driven from the inside to be the best that he can be. And once he got a taste of, um, you know, when he came to Chicago, this is a 16 year full circle. They weren't very good when Doug and Brent Seabrook were coming into the organization. They were young defensemen and it wasn't very pretty. He learned how to win. He learned how to play the game at the NHL level. And then he, once he understood how hard it was, and that's one of the most interesting things when these young players come into the NHL and they think they're in good shape, they think they've trained hard, they have no idea 
when they see a guy like Duncan Keith. And that's another thing that's just going to resonate through that locker room. When they see how hard Duncan Keith works and everything that he does to be a professional player, they better absorb it. They better be a sponge and, and take everything that he has as far as his knowledge and experience. Um, but I think that's where it was driven. Nothing was given to him. And, he, you know, he left school. That was a major decision. I, if I'm going to make it, i got to go play here. And then he went to the minors and didn't argue about it, wasn't pouting, worked his way into the lineup. And all of a sudden, you know, here you go. You've won three cups and you're the best defenseman in the league a couple of years in a row. It's, inner, it's an inner drive that he has that is very seldom seen, even at the elite level. Um, when you compare Duncan Keith to some of the best players in the history. Troy Murray joining us tonight on Inside Sports. Okay, I'm going to throw you one more, Troy, because I usually try to go down memory lane with you at least at some point. And you mentioned Keith's uh, work ethic, his physical conditioning, and hopefully the impact that's going to have on the Edmonton Oilers when he joins here. From your playing days, mostly with Chicago, you had a couple other stops. Who was that guy that you played with that was, I don't know if you want to call him a fitness freak, but were, Keith, maybe Keith it was you. Brown, but... Al Secord and Kurt Fraser. Oh, really? Yeah. Keith Brown was D.C. boy out west, and uh, Kurt Fraser the, the same. Um, those guys were way ahead of the curve. Keith Brown, I came into Chicago one time early, and I lived with, with Keith Brown. I might have been 20 or 21, and, and the Walter Payton dragging the tire up a hill. I mean, he was doing all that kind of stuff, the tire rolls, the tire tosses. I thought I worked out harder than saying, I'll you know, get in a few skates at the old parents' street. Or, no, not the parents' street. Or it's not there anymore. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, but, you know, I never figured I was, okay, I'm going to camp. I'm in pretty good shape. And I got to, you know, Chicago to, to work out with uh, Keith Brown. I wasn't even close to where he was. They used to have the arm wrestling competition in the NHL, which was kind of a, a hokey thing back in the day. But Keith Brown was the two-time winner of that. He was one of the strongest players. Al Secord um, was a fitness freak as well. And a funny story, Reed, uh, when Orville Tesse was coaching, and this was my first full year in the NHL, first of all, we didn't have a weight room like they have now. We had a couple plastic dumbbells and, and you know, a couple machines, and we had one of those Schwinn bicycles that you, you rolled with your hands, and they had the big uh, fan on it. So Al Secord pulled a stomach muscle, which was a very rare type of thing back then. And uh, Orville came into the locker room after hearing that Al Secord had pulled a stomach muscle, and Keith Brown actually had torn his bicep. It had ripped off. He said, that's it. Nobody's allowed to go in the workout room. You guys are getting too tight, too strong. That's a true story. And that's not quite the way it is now. But those three guys at the beginning of my career, when I looked at Keith Brown, and you know he had been an established uh, veteran at that point, I was like, wow, i got a long ways to go if I want to meet what uh, Keith Brown is doing. That That is a great story uh, in a lot of different ways. Uh, <laughs> I did not that expect is, that. That, that was good. School. <laughs> that's old school. <laughs> that, that is the, only, well, I... the only thing that they had, Reed, back in, in those days, they had a speed bag and a heavy bag. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. And that's what that's what a lot of the players went in and did. I used to be pretty good at a speed bag. I actually bought one and put it in my garage, and I was pretty good at it, even though I wasn't a fighter or anything like that. I was like, hey, this is kind of fun. But that was two of the mainstays in the locker or in the weight room was the, the speed bag and the heavy bag. <laughs> Well, but still my favorite part of the interview was when you called it the Beer and Pizza League. That sounds like a league I would enjoy. Probably a lot of people listening, too. <laughs> you know what? I, I'm around these players now, and, and uh, um, obviously the, the game has changed. The athletes have changed, and everything about it has changed. I mean, you know, you go back to the days where rookies had uh, middle seats in the smoking section on an airplane. 
You had cab captains. You didn't have bus. You had one guy picking up the tab and handing his receipt. You had three other guys that you piled your bags into the back of the trunk and you went down to the hotel. There were no team meals back in those days. Um, you know, it was kind of a, a free-for-all. And after the game, there was no meal. So what you had to do and on the road, because we never chartered after the game. We stayed overnight. We went and grabbed a beer and pizza somewhere. and <laughs> Got up early the next morning and went to the next city. Oh, Troy, <laughs> Troy, you, that's why we love having you on the show. Thanks a lot for doing this. I really appreciate your perspective on Duncan Keith. We'll, uh, I'm sure we'll be talking about it a lot this summer here on Edmonton Radio. And thanks for hopping on tonight. I know it's, uh, I know it's busy, and you're probably doing uh, other stations and talking to other people in Edmonton and Chicago. So thanks so much. My pleasure, Reed. And I just got to give a quick shout out to my brother Todd and uh, his son Curtis. They're listening to the uh, the show here tonight. They are diehard. Um, Oiler fans, there's always a little bit of contention between you know us and them. And the last year we had the good bragging rights, beating them out of the bubble there. But uh, uh, they're big Oiler fans. I just want to say hello to them. Right on. Thanks, Troy. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Reed. Troy Murray, WGN Chicago. Very thorough. His thoughts on Duncan Keith coming to Edmonton. All right, we'll get in some more clips from Keith and Holland. Uh, time for you quickly if you want to chime in. 780-496-0063. Inside Sports on Chet. Thanks, guys. Thanks for uh, joining here. Um, uh, I guess first off, I'd like to uh, thank the Chicago Blackhawks and the Blackhawk organization, uh, Rocky Wirtz, Danny Wirtz, and the entire Wirtz family for for uh for allowing me to be on their team for the last 16 seasons uh we had great memories and great run um and uh chicago blackhawks are always going to be in my heart um having said that uh at this point in my career um i feel that uh being closer to my son colton here uh, he lives here in penticton and uh that was uh uh, a huge thing for me and I just felt like uh, the Edmonton Oilers um, right now it was a, it was a good fit a great fit and I'm excited to uh, to start this this new chapter uh, of my career and try to win a cup in Edmonton Duncan Keith making some opening remarks a couple hours ago as he was available over zoom shortly after being traded to the Edmonton Oilers along with Tim Soderland for Caleb Jones and a conditional third round pick in 2022 Keith also commented on what he can bring to the team well I think a lot of things get said about my age and uh, and obviously I've had some experience being in the playoffs and and I certainly want to bring as much to the table as I can in that regard and and help uh, any of the younger guys out in any way I can. But uh, for me, my mindset uh, going to Edmonton is to be the best player I can be because uh, that's what's going to help the team the most is is what I do on the ice. And, and I'm excited for the opportunity and the, the challenge um, that is ahead of me here. Um, I, I want to bring a, a strong work ethic, and I think everything starts from that. All right, so it has happened. The Oilers have acquired Duncan Keith. You can get more on 630Ched.com, globalnews.ca. Of course, more on this tomorrow, noon to 2. Oilers now with Bob Stoffer, and I'll be back inside sports from 6 to 8 tomorrow night. Dave Campbell's the producer of the show. Also, thanks to Brendan Escott and David Bowles for their contributions tonight. The studio producer this evening, Angie Quinnell. My name's Reed. Thanks for listening. Take care.
630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.